Hello, amazing, beautiful ladies. You are listening to the Igbo Women's Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast, where we celebrate all things Igbo. We speak to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or who are friends of Igbo culture. In today's episode, I speak to Ijoma Okoli, one of the founders of Umuibo Unite, UIU. This was such a warm interview and I found Ijoma to be a woman after my own heart. She has such a desire to make a positive impact and this shone through during our chat. UIU was founded in 2005 in Atlanta, Georgia. The organization was founded to address the lack of a structured network that catered to the specific cultural, professional, and social needs of first-generation Igbo Americans and the greater diaspora. Since its inception, UIU has grown to over 5,000 members nationwide, with 13 active chapters in Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, the DMV, Boston, the tri-state area, Detroit, Los Angeles, Cincinnati, Twin Cities, Bay Area, Austin, and Miami. UIU now operates five arms, the convention, the missions arm, which provides scholarships to immigrants, UIU tourism, which organizes and leads guided tours to eastern Nigeria, UIU Connect, the professional arm for business networking and career opportunities, UIU Igbo 101, the language program, Ijoma tells us more about the organization and the impact that it is having in Nigeria and abroad. In addition, we discuss the books she has written, including the children's book she co-wrote called EJ the World Traveler. She also hosts the YouTube channel with the same name. One thing Ijoma said during our chat really stuck with me. She said, start with somebody, somehow. And we can start to make a difference. Good morning, Ijoma. It's so nice to have you on this morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining. I've told the audience a little bit about you, so we're going to dive right in. I'm excited about this discussion because we get to speak about uh, the organization. So maybe you can just start off talking a little bit about your childhood. Just reminisce a little bit so we can get a glimpse into who you are and mm-hmm. how you've developed into who you are today. Uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? What was your childhood like? I'm just going to let you freeform it a little bit. Tell us about <laughs> Okay. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me. Um, my childhood... Um, so I was actually born in Oregon, (laughs) Corvallis, Oregon. And then when I was three months old, we moved back to Nigeria. This is, we were in Oregon for my parents. Like they were um, getting their master's. Mm -hmm. My mom was getting her master's. My dad was getting his PhD. Um, then like if I have pictures where like my mom was graduating and I was still in the tummy. So Mm -hmm. right after that, um, we literally moved back when I was three months old. So we lived in Nigeria for 10 years. Mm-hmm. First, we were in Jos. And then we actually lived in Abakaliki for one year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, spent the most time in Enugu. So I went from primary, 
from primary one to primary six in Enugu. Mm. I attended a Cougar primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's where we, be, we learned Igbo for sure. Like in Joss, it was still English because we came from the States and, you know, um, my parents working at the university, we mostly spoke English. So, but when we got to Nigeria as well, we were obviously exposed to our language mm. and um, we learned it in Joss and then just continued to build up on it. Mm. when we move to the east sounds good so it sounds like you learned the enugu dialect of Igbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so central Igbo. <laughs> central Igbo, yeah now is that where you're from or is that where your parents are from from enugu or uh... no we're actually from anambra state okay um Izumikite, uh, in aguata local government mm-hmm. i'm married from um amichi Neita. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. And then if we have some time permitting at the end, I'd love us to kind of talk a little bit in Igbo. Uh, it's interesting, Alex. I, I know you sure that was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. This is the Evo Initiative podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I always tell the audience I don't get as much chance to, to speak. So it's always a nice change when I can have someone I can talk to. So yeah, we'll do that mm-hmm. time permitting at the end. Yes, yes. So okay. obviously you're most comfortable though with Central Evo, right? Well, I should say I'm, I'm more comfortable with Inugu Evo. So that, that's not necessarily Central Evo, right. but... The central Igbo is more emo-centric. Yes, yes, yes. That's mm-hmm. a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see if we can make it work because <laughs> <laughs> I can speak central Igbo, but that's about as far that, that's about as far as I can go. <laughs> so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yes. So where did you go to high school? You went to Ekulu, which is a, is a very popular... Primary school. school. Yes. Yes. So I actually moved to move back to Oregon right after primary six. So I moved to Oregon when I was 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm obviously a lot older than that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we, so when we moved to Oregon, there really wasn't a lot of evil people or Nigerian people, you know, where we lived. And this was in 94. So my parents were very conscious about holding on to our culture. So whenever we got home from school, my mom will be like, mm. once you get into this house. Mm-hmm. So like I was 10, my little sister was seven. And I have two older sisters, but that's all we were allowed to speak in the house. And I, that played a big role in how we're able to retain not only our language, but also our culture. Mm, mm. Typical Nigerian parents, they were very strict. So. Yes. And how did, I'm just interested because it, it's interesting mm-hmm. how it had to be conscious from your parents because you grew up, went to high school in the US. So it would have been so easy to lose the sense of culture and language. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. how easy was it for you? I'm just curious. You know, you spoke Igbo in the house, but at school you spoke English. Was it a big mm-hmm. sort of transition or was it just part of who you were and you kind of took it in your stride? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was more the latter. It, it was more of who we, who we were. So um, I think this is something that immigrants kind of face. So when you come here, you kind of have to put on this, this mask Mm-hmm. to fit into yes. whichever whatever space you're in mm-hmm. so whenever I went to school I knew I was in school so I would try to blend in and all that which was very hard when we first moved here because I, mm-hmm. I was 10 and my accent was really thick and mm-hmm. um the whole bullying happening because mm-hmm. you know they're different from me and just being ignorant 
Um, and so that, that all happened whenever I came home, that was like our safe space. And, you know, obviously we, we, I still try to fit in with my classmates and all that. Um, but when I came home, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, <laughs> it wasn't allowed. Like your my mom would be like, what's happening? You're evil. Like, what are you doing? This is what, we, this is the food we're eating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not saying that we didn't do anything Americanized because obviously that's kind of hard to do when you live in America, but mm-hmm. it's just trying to make sure that we didn't lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, uh, and I, I think out of all my sisters, I think I was the one that tried because of probably like the age I, I, I got here. Um, <laughs> just trying so hard to fit in with my friends mm-hmm. and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so kudos to your parents for really like <laughs> making that culture stick because I think mm-hmm. it would have been harder to kind of try to go back and, and, and make it a part of your life if you hadn't grown up with it. So kudos to them. Yeah. You talked sure. about you talked about your mom saying and it made me chuckle, your mom saying this is what we're going to eat. So <laughs> what what would you say was your favorite dish? Obviously, African Igbo dish growing up. Mm-hmm. Okra soup. <laughs> yeah. All day. Yes. Is it's it- it's actually between okra soup and ofo nubu. Ofo nubu oh. that um my aunt would make it with um Ejina. Mm. So mm. like I would only eat it in the village whenever she made it. Like mm. I'll eat ofo nubu yeah, fine, but my like I would I would look forward to going to the village just because I know she was going to make that soup. Yes. For me. <laughs> yeah, both of those are my favorite. And you know it's funny, ofo nubu is it's a soup that is eaten more, mostly in Anambra State. I don't think it's eaten very much in Emo State. So it's an Anambra State thing. Okay. However, mm-hmm. I learned, I didn't learn to make it until my maybe late 20s or early 30s. I was my, a friend of mine who is from Anambra State that taught me how to make it. And it is my favorite Okay. Soup. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I totally, totally get that. Okay, so maybe now you can talk us through your journey from that point, mm-hmm. right? Coming to America, trying to fit in, being who you are at home, but at school, understanding that you're trying to blend in. Talk us mm-hmm. through that journey from that point in your life to now, because a lot obviously has happened. So maybe just take us through <laughs> that journey, if you would. Okay, so so after so while in Oregon, I was there till I was. 13 so we were there for three years Mm -hmm. and right after so I finished middle school I finally figured out how to navigate middle school I got there I finished it all as well time for high school so I'm excited about high school my older sister is a junior there I'll be a ninth grader I start high school I'm like okay it's a lot more people and you know it's a because I just came from eighth grade which I finally figured out how everything worked so I knew I knew I was like I got it and now we start mm-hmm. high school, there's like a bigger, you know, 12 through ninth mm-hmm. grade, and I'm just at the ninth grade. So now everybody looks like they're so much older and mm-hmm. it's a, it's definitely a big change. Mm-hmm. So going from, so ninth grade, I, I made friends. I, I think it was a little bit easier to transition just because I had my older sister there. So someone else was looking out for me mm-hmm. versus feeling like I was by myself. Mm-hmm. And after ninth grade, I was like, awesome, I got this. Let's continue. This is, I'm, I made, I'm making friends. I'm playing sports all as well. But while we're in Oregon, my dad was, my mom was working on her PhD. And my dad was on his sabbatical leave in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So my mom was now doing her PhD. She's graduating. They now still were moving to South Carolina. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? No. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> 
we went from I felt like I had now figured out my space mm. and now I'm being moved to a new environment and I was not happy again. Like I really, I wasn't happy, happy when we were moving from Nigeria to, to Oregon because I was like, what are you guys doing? Take me away from all my friends, everything mm. I knew. Cause I was supposed to be going from primary six to JS one. So I was yeah. taking the common entrance. I was looking forward to going to boarding school cause my mm. sisters were there. Like this was now the next phase. Right. So after that big you know surprise like okay yeah you guys are moving to the states it's different I was now like okay I figured out Oregon now I'm moving to South Carolina you guys are trying to like this is miserable like I was mm. so upset mm. so we moved to South Carolina and it was like a culture shock because Oregon was completely um Caucasian mm. and then the city in South it's Orangeburg South Carolina mm. is completely african-american <laughs> that mm-hmm. leaves the high school that we were placed in mm-hmm. so um that was a very big different experience so california i mean oregon was more carefree you can wear whatever you want to they were i think they were they were it, it's different so now mm-hmm. we moved to the african-american space and they're like who are you guys what mm-hmm. are you wearing like mm. they're all about the name brands, <laughs> mm. Mm. all these things. So it's like another another um, type of assimilation that I had to I had to do there. Mm. I eventually made friends and all that, but it was it was definitely different. But that's how I ended up in South Carolina. So I mm. I attended Clemson University after high school, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and from there, like remember, it was my senior year in college me and my siblings like we would attend like different things but growing up we would attend my parents organization events so like in Orangeburg South Carolina there's like a Nigerian association organization Mm -hmm. that we were Mm -hmm. part of Mm -hmm. so you know my parents are very active and then I was like one of the oldest kids that everybody looked looked up to so Mm -hmm. I would we would do like plays and dances and I was always the ringleader. <laughs> so, so that was fun. And then when we, when we got to college, it was like, well, I'm too old to be leaving them to do anything. And I'm too young to join my parents. Mm. Stuff. It was, I remember me and my siblings were, this is now after I graduated, we're 2005, February, 2005, where my, my, siblings house in Atlanta and me and my cousins and my siblings were talking we're like why don't we create like an avenue where like we can network with each other because you know after you graduate from college your parents are now like okay time to marry mm. even though they told you you couldn't date while you were at school <laughs> <laughs> and like uh so who are you going to marry exactly and then you know they want to make sure that you marry somebody that's evil from your village from your state like so extra um and, and that so person's like, just you know, gonna drop from the sky right just miraculously exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> you're not supposed to date in school yes, yes. <laughs> so and obviously I dated in school but I also knew that I couldn't like bring them home like right. daddy mommy this is yeah. my boyfriend oh, boy yeah. what oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So while we were, um, this, so after college, I moved to Atlanta, and um, in Atlanta was when me and my siblings came up with Umibu Unite, the concept mm. of Umibu Unite. Mm. And that first year, um, we planned, we had our convention, we decided on October 1st, and we were planning for like 300 people. It's the first year, we 
you know, social media isn't as big as it was, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't as big as it is now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we, we planned for like 300 people. We only got like 150 people, something mm-hmm. like that. It's a really mm-hmm. small number like that. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome because we had people that came from out of state. So even mm-hmm. if we, we didn't market it as much as we do today, like right. people still heard about it and people right. still came. Right. And that was the first year. So after the after the first year, like we learned from that too, because we were like, okay, well, October first is Nigerian Independence. Maybe we shouldn't do Umibu Unite. That way, it's not so um, like segregated. So we decided yeah. to pick. It's now the first weekend of August, mm. first full weekend of August. So we changed that just so that other people can be, you know, feel feel included as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not like. Uh, Pro Biafra. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's something that we try to be very careful about because we want other people to come and learn about our culture. So whenever we have the UIU conventions, mm-hmm. um, we welcome it to everyone. Yeah. And we've had like um, African Americans attend, like mm-hmm. it's it's been incredible. Mm. Now, before you go on, you, there are a couple of things I want to, I'd <laughs> like you, I'd like, because you've, you've said a lot and there was something you said that made me, that, that's kind of leading to this question. And you talked mm-hmm. about, of course, you, it was a big transition from Nigeria to Oregon. And then here you are, you move again from Oregon to South Carolina, which is another big transition, but for different <laughs> reasons. And then you moved mm-hmm. from South Carolina to Atlanta, right? So you've done right. a lot of moving. But, but I'm wondering if just from your talking, it's almost like Umuibo Unite is your sense of finding home, if you, if you like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of yep. wherever you find yourself physically, it's kind of a home yep. for you that reminds you of one place. I know I'm rambling, but does that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely agree. And I actually, I lived after Atlanta, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and then I moved to Houston, Texas, which is okay. where I am right now. Okay. And I'm sure you'll move <laughs> I've been again. Here no, I think I'm done. I've been okay. here since uh, 2010. Wow. Um, so, wow. yeah, absolutely mm. agree with you. So I, whenever, so you know, there's UIE is a lot more than the convention that the convention yes. I think is the most popular one. Yes. Popular program that we have. Yes. Um, but you hit it on the nail it's precisely that so whenever mm-hmm. like planning it is cha- is chaotic like it's it's a lot because now we're over a thousand people that attend the convention mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. annually so but planning it where we take about six six to eight months to plan it six to nine months to plan it when you get there you just the amount of people that you meet the amount of energy that they bring the mm. their enthusiasm is 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 on peril like you can't you cannot get that anywhere else mm. like there's I remember there's a girl that came and she's you know when people come they try to spell their name for us I'm like you don't have to spell it in there I know your name it's <laughs> Ijoma yeah <laughs> she's like oh my god I can't believe you got it. I'm like yeah she was yeah. like oh, you're the first other Ijoma I've ever met I think <sighs> she came from somewhere somewhere where no Nigerian people live yeah. and um I was like really because yeah. Ijoma is a very popular it name is. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah." I mm-hmm. turned around. I was like, "That person's name be Jama. That person's name be Jama." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she was so surprised. I was yeah. like, "Bless your heart, yes, yeah, you are home. Welcome." Yes, <laughs> yes. So to that point, maybe we'll take a step back for anyone in the audience, and you know, I'm not sure there are many that haven't heard of Umibo Unite. 
take us mm-hmm. a step back, right? Talk to us about, because like you said, it's a lot more than just the convention. Talk to us about yeah. what inspired the idea. It sounds like you already answered it. It's finding that hope mm-hmm. regardless of where you are. But talk, tell the audience what Umwe People Unite actually is. Yeah, so UI, Umwe People Unite, um, acronym UIU, is a, basically a professional networking group that we created where we've created an avenue where like-minded professionals can network professionally, socially, and culturally. Mm. And it's been growing. It's now 16 years old. Um, And we've been growing. It's I, the best way for me to say it is that it's like family focused because our siblings, uh, siblings and cousins created it. So the Anadu family and Obara family Mm. uh, created this together. Mm. And I believe that's why it's been successful for as long Mm. as it has been, just because we've kind of kept that tight knit uh, management over it like obviously we're we're all getting older so we're trying to bring new people into the mix um mm. but that consistency has been key mm. so we have um five different programs so uiu convention uiu cares which is the missions arm so we have different scholarships that we we give out to mm. um immigrants so like students that come from nigeria to study abroad or here in the U.S., we try to give them, right now, it's at $1,000 a year. If you wow. apply, we're trying to give out to, like, 10 different students. It doesn't sound like a lot, but no. to, a, to a college student, it'll help with whether it's food or rent or something. But it's, it's to the school or class, classes. Yeah, um, and then we also have a partnership with Bridges Academy in Nigeria to help some um, students get through school. Then we also, like, we have 13 different chapters right now going on 14, um, where everybody, we kind of all try to work on service different projects. So we know that we'll travel back home and we'll we'll go to visit, like, orphanages and provide them food, clothes, mm. finances mm. as as possible. Mm. And then um, we also now have a partnership with UNN where we're trying, we are working to get some students through school there as well. So it's not wow. just about what we're doing in the U.S., but it's also about right. how we can make an impact at home. Wow. Um, we strongly believe that, you know, you know how Nigeria is, but if we can just start with somebody somehow, mm-hmm. we can start making a difference. Yeah. So, and then we have UIE Tourism. That's new. Yes, this year will be the, the inaugural trip to the East. So it's trying to, like some people don't, know who to travel with or don't have anybody to travel with or mm-hmm. don't want to travel with your parents. I remember when we used to go back to Nigeria before I got married and with my parents, I hated it. <laughs> I'd just be like, can we go back? Like, like, I love the village. And then they'll be like, oh, let's go. Like, all you're doing is visiting their friends. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is, this is fun for you guys, but not fun for me. Like, <laughs> what's happening? So, like when I got married and stuff, I actually got to like explore the East with my husband. So like that, that is to me is what I, what we believe people want to see. So, and there's so many historic sites that we need to start um, showing. Yes. Uh, so we're, we're trying to kick that off this quarter actually. And then we have UIE Connects. So UIE Connects, that's more the professional arm. So we mm. want to create like a, uh 
business directory. So if you have a business within the Igbo community, you can um, post your information on there. And people like, let's say I'm going to Atlanta and I need a lawyer. I need the mm-hmm. visa thing, like trying to figure out who can help me with whatever I need or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm new to a city. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's going to be like the UI. We're actually creating a UIE membership app so all the members can communicate through there. And then um, we've also been able to assist people with um, professional opportunities. So there are people that reach out and say, hey, we're looking for more diverse um, employees. Do you guys have any resumes that we can look at? So that's also through UIE Connect. Wow. Um, Yeah, we've we've had a couple of people get jobs through UIE Connect. And at the convention, we usually have like a, um, what's it called, a job fair of some Mm -hmm. sort. Mm. and people network there and um, we've we've had some success stories from that and then we have UIE Evo 101 which um, we're working to create a language program that our chapters can use to help teach um, their membership Evo and we've partnered with EJ the World Traveler which I co-created mm. with um, one of the other founders, also my cousin, um, EJ Mameka so it's called EJ the World Traveler and we have a YouTube channel, we have two books, and then we have a YouTube channel that currently has three episodes, and we've been, we, we've been trying to get more episodes added on there. It's just mm. life happened. I just gave birth. Yeah. Um, so, mm. you know, but we're, mm-hmm. the goal is to add more on there because people, people have been using it, and we've mm. gotten so much positive feedback from that. So that, in a nutshell, is UIU. <laughs> <laughs> This, yeah, I'm so glad we had this, this uh, discussion because it's a lot. And I don't think the audience, even for those that know about UIU, are aware of just all the different things that the organization is involved in. So it's amazing mm-hmm. grateful we had this opportunity to chat and that you could tell us more about the organization. It's great. It's great. And yeah. at the end, of course, I'll, I'll, I'd like to gather information which I can make available to the audience about the website, how people can get involved. Mm-hmm the convention, all that kind of stuff, which will, which will make sure we cover. But as you've okay. talked, you've talked about a lot. So the organization is doing a lot and obviously it's evolving into mm-hmm. new things like the YouTube channel, teaching people Igbo, the professional arm. So it's growing. One of the things you did mention though was, uh, of course, you started it with your siblings, which is one of the reasons why it's been so successful because it's been grounded unified vision but you talked about mm-hmm. wanting to bring more people on board so i guess to that vein mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and what's next for uiu organization becoming in say like i don't know five to ten years so um so we've had we've had non-family members involved from the beginning um mm-hmm. just have to some people are evolving some people have worked on it and you know moved on to other things um so Five to ten years from now, I would say, A, I don't know the future. Yeah, of course. <laughs> B, um, we, we want to continue to grow like UIU can't, can't die. Like, I think it kind of aligns with not wanting the evil language and evil culture to die. So we want to continue to promote our culture mm. the best that we, we know how. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what five to ten years holds, Maybe uh, like we ideally would like to create like a proper UIE office because right now we 
everybody's located in different locations. We want to continue to focus on our programs and mm. just make sure that our audience knows more about the different programs and not just about mm. the convention. Yes. And, and the convention is like the one place where the different chapters can come together and actually meet each other and celebrate accomplishments throughout the year. Mm. So trying to get more people involved with all the programs that we have going and to make a greater impact in the East. Mm, mm, amazing i love it i love it of course i'm I'm always passionate this is my passion which is why this <laughs> podcast exists so it's just just really nice mm-hmm. to be able to meet people like you who are who have the same vision and mission so i'm very excited about that so if we talk a little bit about you right the first thing i'd like to know mm-hmm. is you know because obviously people would love to get to know about you personally uh what is mm-hmm. What, what are some of the things that you wish you'd known when you'd started this organization? That's the first one. And then following on from that, what would you say that you're curious about? Maybe with regards to UIU or beyond that, just in life in general, what drives you, Ijoma? Okay. The first question, what I wish we knew when we first started UIU would be how to properly run a nonprofit organization. Mm. <laughs> So, like, you know, everybody has their nine to five. Um, Everybody's pretty successful in that. Thank Mm -hmm. God. Um, And, you know, we wanted it to be a nonprofit just so that when we're asking for sponsorship, people know that we're not asking for money to go into our pocket. Yeah, it's actually to better the organization. And, you know, Nigerian people and evil people, they're like, where's my five dollars going? Like they want to know every <laughs> everything. So we actually do work on like our financial reporting. Obviously, it's a nonprofit. So we have to file taxes every year. Yeah. So um, but nobody actually went to study like, OK, how does how do we properly run a nonprofit? We kind of mm-hmm. learned as we went along. Mm-hmm. So um, we made mistakes here and there, but we it was it's a good learning mm. just learning on the job yeah of course <laughs> um so it's, it's been a good experience though so whatever whatever we may not have done before like if something happens or like oh no we should have you know we should have planned for that we mm. we um improve upon it immediately because mm. you know we want to make sure that doesn't happen again yeah then the second question um I would say, honestly, like UIU drives me. So like I have, mm-hmm. I'm a, I have my MBA and my project management certification. Like I do my day job mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, pays me and gives me, <laughs> helps me take care of myself and my family. Yes. Um, but UIU is my absolute passion. Like that's mm-hmm. something that I could work on all day mm. and not like, no, like I don't, I don't mind at all. Like everybody's like, how do you, how do you handle everything? I make time for it because it's what I love. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that it doesn't pay me, but <laughs> <laughs> this mm. is what I love so like what drives me is UIU seeing those connections that are made that we've had marriages we've had friendships we've had businesses mm. we've had education mm. um so like you know making people more aware of sickle cell like there's some people that have been in America and you know Nigeria like sickle cell way you mentioned it they in Nigeria we know what it is in America mm. that's not necessarily the case yeah so like having like a even just a, a sickle cell vendor table during our vendor session or whatever, mm. like people just finding out about it, having a session about it. Like there are other like bone marrow um, mm. donation, like things like just 
being able to make an impact. And I, I personally believe that having made an impact in one person's life means means everything. And mm-hmm. I know that we've done that for thousands of people. Mm, mm, that's amazing. I love it. What is next for Ijoma? It, it sounds like we've already answered it, right? It's still related to you, <laughs> but what would you like, what would you think that you would like to achieve that you haven't yet? Short term would be to create more EJ the World Traveler episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, so the, the, Kids, adults love it. So that's what I want to work on, get accomplished. Now my cousin and I want to focus on getting it done in 2020. And then I want to just have a a life balance. So Mm -hmm. spending time with my husband and my children. Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, my baby is eight months old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my and my daughter is eight months old and my son is two years old so mm-hmm. just being present for them and being successful at work because I still have to you know do that mm-hmm. and by God's grace you know just if we can plan accordingly I can eventually do UIU and EJ World Traveler full-time mm-hmm. maybe that's 10-15 years from now I don't know but that's yeah. the ultimate goal Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. and just just being great at whatever I'm working on mm. and not letting, you know, just continue to drive to be to be better each and every day. Yeah. And that's a that's a great response. It sounds like if I were to describe you, I would say that you're driven. But at the same time, you understand the big picture and you understand what's important. You talked about your husband and your kids and, of course, keeping them at the center. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's an accurate description, driven yet. Re- Sorry, I would say keeping God at the center. Okay. And praying that the family, the UIU, Eden World Traveler, all those things that I've dedicated my time to will will continue to flourish yes and yes. and make a difference and when i when i say flourish it's not to me it's not financial financial will be great mm-hmm. but if it's somebody saying hey i learned how to say ozo i learned how to say aqua whatever or i learned how to speak Igbo through your tools or i learned how i met a teacher evil teacher at uiu or i met my spouse at uiu or i got a job like those are the things that um i pray for yes and that's an amazing Amazing, amazing response. Before we launch into <laughs> trying out Evo, is there anything I should have asked you that maybe you'd like the audience to know? Do you think we've covered it? I think you've covered a good amount. I'm sure I'll think of something after the podcast. Yes. Well, well to that, like, we'll just... Oh, man, we should have talked about this. <laughs> well, then we'll have to have you back on, right? Oh, I should have said this the last time. I want to make sure I say it this time. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, so let's just freeform it. I haven't obviously haven't prepared anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe you can kick it off in Ebo and I'll just respond, or if you want me to kick it off, whatever. Okay. Love. Yeah, go ahead. So it's the name Ibone Imo State. Uh Monye Oweri. Oweri non Imo State. Yeah. I remember no that. I I have a friend. She's actually amazing. She is a stay-at-home mom Mm. with five kids. Mm -hmm. She's from Oweri. Yeah. And her five kids speak the Oweri dialect. Yes, it's yes, it's amazing. I I have to say, I'm I'm not I'm not that good, but at least my kids have (laughs) an awareness (laughs) and an interest. (laughs) So yeah. Oh, oh, Ogenini, like my mouth is just. 
open wide because it's not like it's one thing to speak central Igbo it's another thing to speak yes. your own dialect yeah. and like um yes. on that Igbo first before yes. Igbo that's a really good thing that they learn Igbo first before they learn English yeah Asusu, yes, yeah, mm. yes. Yeah. So when they go to man, I had had that way. Had that way. Just go. Had it's been absolutely amazing having you on today i'm so glad we were able to talk and uh, it's so lovely to meet you i'm so impressed by all you're doing and I'm hoping this is the start of a great, uh, what's the word, relationship. Because I think, you know, what we do is very much aligned. And I'm so glad we could have you on this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Salo. By God's grace, you'll continue to grow as well and yeah. be successful with the podcast. Amen. I think it would be great. Thank you. Thank you, Ijoma. Another great episode with a trailblazer. This was a warm, friendly chat that carried so much weight. To find out more about Umuibo Unite, including information on the upcoming convention in Washington, D.C., please visit the show notes. You can access this episode's show notes on our website at www.theibo.com. Please continue to engage with us on social media at Ibo Initiative. As always, you can reach me by email gochi at theebo.com. I always love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.